Rocketalk.chat, abq.fm. Yes, it's Saturday. And when you hear Donka Shane, you know it's Chris Napier and his time with the Lone Depot Hour. Take it away, Chris. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing great. How's it going? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start off with giving my NMLS number. That's 330093. But um, we have some interesting news at the beginning of the year. So the Federal Reserve uh, giveth, the Federal Reserve taketh away. So what I mean by that, and kind of give our listeners kind of a context of what they may be seeing this year, I think uh, uh, movement or uh, volatility in the markets, both on interest rates and stock prices and everything else like that, is probably going to be a lot more pronounced than it was in 2020 or 2021. Um, Let me give you context a little bit on what I think that means. So... Uh, when the corona hit, we ended up having a conversation where, you know, March of 2022 or March of 2020, interest rates would move half a percent up or down per day, depending on when the Federal Reserve bought it or not. And what we found shocking at the time is that the Federal Reserve would buy on a Monday, not buy on Tuesday, buy on Wednesday, not buy Thursday. By Friday afternoon, they'd buy again to try to stabilize the market as it was crumbling. And so as everybody started to not spend money and not buy anything in March of 2020, they had to step in and start buying everything to, or everything would freeze. The credit markets would freeze. And so, but they were doing it like every other day, right? So if you had no buyers on Tuesday, your price would have to go up on interest rates. Well, then the Federal Reserve would come in and buy it all down and buy up all that on a Wednesday and, you know, not do it on Thursday, thinking that, you know, doing it every once in a while would be helpful. It nearly put the mortgage industry out of business uh, for what's called hedging. But, Fast forward to today. So our interest rates were artificially low because the Federal Reserve went in there and bought them down specifically. Now the Federal Reserve is now fighting the great in battle of inflation that they're now kind of tasked to fighting. And because of that, the only, they only have a couple levers to pull it off on. One is increasing interest rates and to stop um, – they have to stop the balance sheet that they've been growing. So they went from $4 trillion to $8 trillion in one year, right? So when they spent $4 trillion, most of that was for MBSs or mortgage-backed securities and or uh, treasury bills, right? $300 billion was to buy corporate debt in 2020, which, by the way, is illegal unless you do SPVs. But that's besides the point on balance sheet stuff. Um, but anyway, so the Federal Reserve kind of bought everybody's stuff in 2020 to save it from crashing, and so we are kind of now coming off of that with inflation hitting because we printed about 25% of the currency in total circulation in one year period. In 2020 alone, we printed 25% of all the money that's ever existed. So that's the inflation everybody feels. And because, you know, you now have 25% more money, it doesn't mean technically that there's 25% more stuff. It just means there's 25% more numbers chasing the same stuff right that's how it looks like it inflated or went higher some people actually call that deflation um so in terms of deflating the dollar 
So what happens is now they're going to start raising it up. So they did something. They said, okay, we're going to stop buying mortgage-backed securities. We're going to stop buying treasury bills. We're going to do that by third qu- first quarter of this year, which is March of this year. So the $120 billion minimum they were spending will go to zero by March. That means mortgage interest rates will have to go up because they're one of the, they're at least, we guess, 25 to 50% of the market, right? So if 50% of your, you know, your clients walk out the door, you have to, you know, like lower your price to get people to buy it. In interest rates, it's just the opposite. If you want somebody to lend the money and they don't have to give it, then you have to pay them more money to lend it. You have to incentivize them. So the second thing that they're going to do is by June or so, no later, they're going to actually charge higher interest rates between the banks. So this is not retail stuff. So car loans, mortgages, credit cards, the retail rates are not going to be directly affected. These are going to be indirectly affected. So the overnight funds rate and the federal funds rate and all that stuff that they're going to be doing is they're going to start charge the banks are going to have to start charging each other more money therefore it costs them more money therefore they're going to pass that cost to you so that's how they kind of indirectly move the lever the thing that blew the market out this week was they discussed about actually taking their eight trillion dollar balance sheet and selling that back into the market getting rid of their balance sheet and putting it back in the open market we had what was called a temper tantrum uh, a taper tantrum as they call it in 2018 so interest rates went from about four percent to five percent in about a nine ten month period simply because the federal reserve in 2018 thought the economy was strong enough to go ahead and start selling all those assets it had on its balance sheet we were wrong so the interest rates rate went from about they went up about a three quarters of a percent just by trying to sell Oh, they sold about a half a billion dollars of total assets in about a 10-month period. At the time, a half a billion dollars of mortgages is about 50% of the market. We, on an average, spend, you know, sell about one trillion to one and you know between one trillion and two trillion. It's usually like one and a half. So if you're trying to like add more supply to the market, like one third of the supply you normally have, right? Well, prices go down. Like you know, you're you're gonna have too much supply. So if these guys don't release it correctly, like if they try to add too much existing mortgages that are on their books and put it back into the open market to sell, well, that's going to compete against the ones that are being created today, right? So then the investors have a choice between do they pay a higher interest rate or does the one that has a cheaper interest rate, they have to discount to match. So if they can pick a performing one, they might pick a performing loan that already has good payment history instead of a brand new one that they don't know yet. They get proof of, you know, proof of history this thing's paid on time. There's less risk in that. So what happens is, is if the Federal Reserve doesn't actually handle that asset, you know, kind of pushing it back into the open market uh, correctly, we'll see some real changes in interest rates for mortgages and for car loans and for student loans and for everybody else. So um, if you're, let me put it this way, I think we're now in a position where we're going to see a general interest rate market rise over time. I don't see us going, okay, well, we were at, you know, this number, now we're going to be cheaper and it'll be better later, so you should wait. So if you're going to do like a cash out refinance, now is the time. Like, it's not going to get better. 
You know what I mean? The ratio might move up and down a little bit, but in general, we're now in a we're in the boiling pot. The other thing that the our community should know is that by April first, uh, the conventional mortgages are going to change. So investment homes and second homes, the FHFA, which is the governing body for Fannie and Freddie, have announced already to us as an industry that by April first, they're going to increase the cost of those loans. Uh, it's called LLPA if you want to get specific, but basically there's going to increase the cost. So if you have a second home, you have an investment property, you want to do a cash out, you want to do something, you got to have it booked, locked, and done before April fifth or April first, or we have to charge you because that's what we're getting charged from Fannie and Freddie. So there are some things in the change. There's some changes in the wind here, and so as we look at it, I think there's. You know, again, if you're going to make a decision to do something, there isn't there isn't room for a crash or, it's, you know, housing's not going to take, as we can tell so far, it's not going to, like, go to 50%. You're not going to get a bargain. Interest rates are not getting cheaper. Um, we were down artificially low because the Federal Reserve giveth, and now they're taking it away. Um, now, the long-term consequences of that will be as somebody's going to end up having malinvestment and that malinvestment is going to eventually creep up and somebody's going to implode. Okay. Uh, somebody's going to implode and the government, the Federal Reserve is going to have to step in and bail them out. Okay. Uh, at some point, I don't know if that's one year, two years, 10 years, but somebody's going to implode from all the debt load. And then the second thing is, is if they raise the rates too fast, too quick, then they're going to scare the investing community, the investors, like your IE hedge funds and everybody else like that, to where they're going to pull because, you know, interest rates cost profit. And so now your P&L shot, you know, shot, your PE ratios on your stuff is shot. So now all of, that's the reason why you saw some sell-off. Like that Friday, we had a 600-point swing on the interest, you know, on the overall um, market in terms of, you know, it lost 300 points and it gained 300 points. So that's why I think you're going to see a lot of more volatility as try, people try to figure out something that they usually don't deal with, which is an increasing interest rate market, which we haven't seen since 1980. Okay? So we're looking at an entire history of investors, including, you know, me too, that we don't know how to play the game if it's an increasing interest rate market. And that will continue until there's either a 30% drop in you know, stock prices and a 20% drop on housing prices, right? Because if they go up too fast, if we lose 20, 25, 30% on either category or both categories, you know, assets on both houses and, and, and stock price, then you're going to see everybody start to scream, we like inflation instead of losing the value on our house. We'd rather have inflation than we'd rather have, you know, cheaper stock prices. So you're going to end up and they're in this kind of catch-22 where they don't have the opportunity to really raise the rates higher anyway because if they're 3% higher than what they are today on the Treasury bills, you have the chance of bankrupting the federal government. They can't carry that kind of $29 trillion at you know higher carrying cost. Now, to be fair, they do have a five-year run. They're, the average weighted time of the T-bills is five years. So they could technically go on average for five years and the, the Federal Reserve and everybody else has about five years to figure it out before everything is reset. Like you're buying all new rates 
on all the major debt. So there is some, when you kind of put it all together, there is some stuff here. And I think the, the release valve for some of the purchases, which I didn't exist before in 2018, to put it in context for people who really love this stuff, is you have the reverse repo market. And that reverse repo market is a trillion dollars now. Okay. Uh, basically, it means that the banks are so full of cash, they need, which is a liability to the bank, they need an asset, which is a treasury bill. They need to balance the sheet out every night. It's required by law. They lose their charter. So they have to have equal balance of assets against equal liabilities. Well, your asset in cash is their liability. So they have to have a, a asset to offset that liability. So how they do it is they would get a treasury bill for 100 bucks, and they have your cash on 100 bucks, and they're balanced. Well, nobody has those T-bills anymore except for the Federal Reserve. And so the Federal Reserve is going to end up basically set up a permanent repo market, both for normal and reverse. And so I think that's going to add a little bit of relief valve for the, them selling some of that stuff back into the market because I think they're forced to anyway. Otherwise, these guys are in a di different position. But I wanted to kind of go over this with you guys just briefly, break it apart, let you guys know how it looks. If you have any questions, you're welcome to give me a call. My phone number is 505-710-2499. Again, that's 505 7102499 All right, that's words to the wise. Thanks a lot, Chris. My pleasure. Way to kick off the new year. 1600 AM ABQ.FM. Have a good Saturday. Appreciate it. All the joy and pain. Picture show second balcony. Was the place we'd meet, second seat, gold Dutch treat, you were sweet, dark as shame.